Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on November 26, 2023 on the basis of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Our, our text for our, our sermon today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is a letter that Paul is writing to Thessalonica. He wrote two of them. This is the first one here. Uh, he's encouraging his, in the brothers and sisters in Christ, and he says this. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is God's word. Ignorance is bliss. Some people will, will advocate for, for taking that tact to certain things in life or life in general, uh, that it's easier or better to live in simplicity or ignorance than to confront the complexities of this life or our world. People that take that, that tact, they will avoid those complexities that may cause them to be fearful may cause them to be uh, sad or angry or disturbed or uncomfortable. They'll just avoid those. When they, they seem like they're coming up to facing those complexities, they'll, they'll take the tact of just not think about it. Just put it out of my, my brain. I'll, I'll deal with it later or not at all. Ignorance is bliss is rarely a good long-term strategy. It might work in the short term, right? But at some point in life, you are going to be forced to confront life's complexities. And in those moments, you'll come to realize ignorance was not bliss. No one would encourage a police officer to take an ignorance is bliss approach to his training or his job. No one would encourage a military officer to just not think about it in regard to his upcoming mission. And no one should encourage a Christian to just not think about it or take an ignorance is bliss approach to their death and what happens after death. But a lot of people do. A lot of people take that tact that ignorance is bliss because they they don't really want to come to grips with the fact that yes, one day they will die. And so they'd rather live as if that were never going to (laughs) happen. People don't want to live with the, the, the knowledge that the people that they love, the people that are around them in their life, will maybe one day not be there. They'd rather live as if that was never going to happen. But as we all know, there's a few sure things in life, and one of those sure things is, is death. And God does not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Because the Christian who is uninformed about those who sleep in death loses their comfort, 
and loses their hope. Now, for the, the Thessalonian Christians, ignorance was not bliss. It was quite the opposite. Ignorance was causing them to grieve like the rest of mankind. And, and that was an issue. But the issue, to be clear, was not the grieving part. It was grieving like the rest of mankind. The grieving part was good. It's good to grieve. It's healthy to grieve. It's necessary to grieve. Maybe we don't say that enough. But when you lose a loved one, when someone dies, it's okay to be sad. In fact, it's good to grieve. It's healthy to grieve. It's good to cry. It's okay to not have things together. It's good to confront the reality of that loss, of that death, because that is the reality. We don't do anybody any favors when we sanitize death, or when we go to a funeral and pretend it's not a funeral, or when we go to a funeral and pretend we're not there because someone we loved just died. It's good to grieve. It's necessary. It's healthy to grieve. So grieve but grieve with hope. Christians do that differently. Christians do that differently than the rest of mankind. When the rest of mankind loses a loved one, they may grieve, but they'll grieve without hope because they suppose that this world is all there is. They suppose that they really will never see that, that loved one again, and so they grieve with no hope. When the rest of mankind grieves, they grieve with no hope because they might be kind of confused about what happens after death. They might not really know. And that confusion causes them grief without hope. But the Christian grieves differently because the Christian has hope. Look what Paul says again. He says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. The Christian grieves differently because Jesus died and Jesus rose. The, the truth you hear every Sunday when you come here. The truth that is so simple that, that even a small child can understand that. That simple truth is the truth that saves and the truth that gives you hope and comfort and confidence when you face death. That, that Jesus came and lived a perfect life, that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice, took the punishment on our behalf, died on the cross, and that he rose to life again in victory, and that those who are connected to him in faith, believers, will one day die, but because they're connected to Christ, just like he died and rose, so we too will die, and we too will rise. It kind of gives a, a different feeling to a Christian funeral, doesn't it? We don't have to pretend that it's not a funeral. We don't have to pretend that, that we're not sad. We don't have to hide our tears. But what we do is we, we cling to the gospel that Jesus died and Jesus rose, and so that means he's going to take us to be with him. He's going to take our believing loved ones to be with him forever in heaven. That those who have fallen asleep in Christ will be with Jesus. Paul uses those words really specifically. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a cool way to think of, of death. Fallen asleep. Because for the Christian, 
It's as if they've just fallen asleep. They've fallen asleep and they have woken up in the presence of God, where incidentally, you will be too one day. So your loved one that you miss, who died in the faith, they, they fell asleep in Christ and they woke up in his presence. One day, when you die, you will fall asleep in Christ and you will wake up in his presence. So any funeral is never a goodbye forever. It's a goodbye for now, which, which is still sad, but you have the hope that, that you will not only see that person again one day, but that you will be in the presence of God and that you will see Jesus with your own eyes one day. Demand to hear that. Demand to hear that gospel in the face of death. Demand to hear that Jesus died and rose because that's the only truth that can give real and effectual comfort and hope when you're faced with the death of a loved one or with your own death. Some of you, you might know this about me. Um, my dad is a, a funeral director, and so he sits through his fair share of, of funerals. And he's made observations over the years about the different messages that he, he hears. Uh, some of them take place in a church, some of them in a funeral home. Some, some of the speakers are pastors, some of them are, are, are just family members. Um, and he, he tends to kind of categorize some of these into different messages. But by and large, the most popular message that he hears is something like this. The speaker, the pastor, whoever is standing up giving a message... Uh, gives the litany of the, the good things that that person had done. And, and will recall some, some sometimes humorous uh, anecdotes from their, their life, some stories from their life. And for the family that, that is sitting there that misses that loved one, it, it does bring smiles to their face to remember their loved one, to, to have those memories, and to think about all the good things that that person did. But it's fleeting comfort, and it gives no hope. Because those memories are really nice, but those memories aren't going to bring that person back. Because those good things were really nice that that person did, but those good works died with them. Those good works couldn't save them. No, the only message at a funeral or anything like that that gives actual comfort is this. Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Demand to hear the gospel in the face of death. Demand to hear that Jesus died and rose because that's the only truth, that simple truth, that gives real comfort and real peace, real hope. Paul began that whole section by saying, we do not want you to be uninformed, right? So he doesn't want you to be uninformed about what happens after someone dies. That gives a different feel to a funeral. It gives a different feel to you when, when someday you face your own death. Uh, he doesn't want you to feel fear or sadness or, or anger or to feel disturbed or un- uncomfortable about that. He wants you to be informed. But there's another piece of knowledge that he wants to pass on to you here. Uh, another piece of knowledge that that would be essential to giving you comfort and giving you hope. That's knowledge about the, the last day. If you, were, uh, if you took an ignorance is bliss approach to the last day, um, you, you might, when you think about it, when you're, you're forced to think about it, when it gets brought up in church, you might 
be a little afraid of when Jesus comes back. You might be a little confused about what's going to, to happen. And Paul doesn't want that. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be informed about what will happen so you can have the maximum amount of comfort and the maximum amount of hope as you await Christ's return. He had the same, he had the same problem with the, the Thessalonians. He wanted the same thing for the Thessalonians there. And there seemed to be a, a, a specific concern within the Thessalonian congregation there. And the concern was this. Uh, who, is, who has it better off? Is it, is it the Christian who died in the faith uh, before Jesus comes back? Or is it the person who is still alive when Jesus comes back? Will somehow the people that are alive, will they be better off than those who had, had already died? That was the concern that was, was troubling them. And so Paul addresses that very specifically, but then he also gives uh, a, a brief description of here's what the last day is going to be like as an encouragement to, to believers here. And so very simply to, to their concern, uh, he, he, my paraphrase is, that's not how it's going to work. <laughs> he says, here's how it's going to work. Jesus is going to come back on the clouds, and it's going to be loud. Nobody's going to miss it. There's going to be a loud command. There's going to be the voice of an archangel. There's going to be the trumpet call of God. This will not be a secret. If you're out hunting, you're going to know. You're, you're not going to miss the bell, right? You're going to hear that, that trumpet. And then he says, the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who have already died in the faith, who have been buried in the ground, who have been cremated and buried or cremated and, and spread along the ocean or their bodies were, were lost, whatever, they will be raised to life and their souls that have been enjoying paradise since they died will rejoin their bodies and they will join Jesus forever in heaven. And then he says, those who are still alive, they will be caught up together in the air with the Lord, with them. They will be brought to heaven. They will ascend to heaven to be with Jesus forever. Simple as that, right? Simple as that. That The dead in Christ will rise first, then those who are still alive will be brought to heaven to be with Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus will be in heaven with him. That's the, the bottom line. I know the, the word misinformation has kind of been used a lot these days, but it really is a good word when we're talking about the last day kind of stuff because there's a lot of misinformation that floats around out there about uh, the end times, about the last day. If you got your theology from YouTube, um, you're going to be hopelessly confused about what's going to happen on the, the last day here. And God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want you to be confused. He doesn't want you to be afraid he wants you to be encouraged. That's Paul's whole point of this section from 1 Thessalonians. He says, encourage one another with these words. Let this simple truth from 1 Thessalonians be the truth that you cling on to as you think about the, the last day and what the last day will be like. Don't let that misinformation or that false teaching creep in and rob you of your comfort and rob you of your, your hope. But, but stick to the simple message that God lays out in his word. A simple message that Jesus died and rose, and because he did, you will be with him forever in heaven. That just as Jesus died and rose, you too will be raised to life one day, and you will be body and soul in heaven with Jesus. You will be with the Lord forever. That's what verse 17 said. And, and so we will be with the Lord forever, he says in verse 17. Is there anything more encouraging than that? 
the same Jesus who loved you so much to come and die and, and rise for you here. He, he had that much affection for you is the same Jesus who's going to come back someday. And, and so when he comes back, don't you think he'll have the same affection for you then? Is there a reason to be scared of Jesus coming back? No. When we see Jesus come back, we'll see him with the scars on, on his hands and on his side where, where the nails pierced him, where, where he showed how much he loved us, and we will greet him with relief, with pure happiness, being ready to come into to his eternal kingdom. The, the ignorance is bliss approach, rarely a good long-term strategy and definitely not a good strategy when confronting the big questions in life like what happens after death or what will happen on the last day. Paul and God want you to be informed about what, what would happen because God's word gives you the, the maximum comfort and the maximum, uh, the maximum hope here. And he doesn't want you to be robbed of either of those things, but he wants you to have that in the face of death, when you lose a loved one, when you face your own death, when you think about the, the last day, he wants you to have all of those things. The simple truth is this. Jesus died and rose so that those who have fallen asleep will rise to be with him. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage each other with these words. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for taking time this week to, to be in the Word and to grow in your faith. We know that where the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working to strengthen and to create faith in the hearts of people. Uh, because we know that's the case, uh, and if you enjoy these sermon podcasts, we'd, we'd really love it if you'd share these with your friends. Uh, this is a, an easy way to evangelize and to get the Word into people's ears. And, and as a way of also doing that, could you hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast? This is just a way that we are able to be seen by more people so that more people may hear this gospel message. We hope you'll join us next week as we dive into God's word yet again. God bless.